I wanted um, to come down here because sometimes when I stand up here, I feel so separated from you and the light is so bright and I thought it was important to be down here so I can connect with you. I've also have found that other times when I'm up here um, and I speak when it's not on a Sunday morning, I'm right here and this is where I feel comfortable, where I feel, feel natural and where um, I feel more myself. Um, so it's important for me this morning that I just be authentically genuine in who I am so that when, when I speak to you, I could speak to you the way that the Lord speaks to me and the way that he ministers to me. Because that's really my heart is just to convey to you um, some of the things that the Lord has shared with me. Um, and we prayed already this morning. Thank you very much, Pastor, because I, I do know that I always uh, need that when we start out. Um, this morning, I want to talk to you about forgiveness. And I, it's funny that forgiveness is a topic that I'm speaking on because probably in the last six months, I have found myself in various situations where I've had to look at the topic of forgiveness. Um, more than once, not only have I been the person that's had to exercise the forgiveness, but contrary to popular belief, I am not perfect. <laughs> and I also have received forgiveness, grace, and mercy in my life. In fact, I receive forgiveness, grace, and mercy in my life on a daily basis. Because I'm a human being and I fall short every day. And every day I get to experience God's forgiveness, grace, and mercy in my life. Um, let's turn to Matthew 18, 21. I'm actually going to read out the New Living Translation. Um, and it'll be 18, 21 through 22. And it says, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, Jesus replied, 70 times seven. And so when I was thinking about that, I, you know, I have a very um, analytical mind. Like I want to wrap my mind around things and I want things to be really concrete. And, and how many of you know that it's not really 70 times seven. He doesn't want you to multiply 70 times seven and keep a tally. And every time you have to forgive someone, check it off. This is a representation of God's forgiveness uh, for us, right? It's infinite. It's everlasting. It's ever going. Um, and that's what he wants us to be. He wants us to be the embodiment of Christ, to be able to forgive and move on. Forgiveness is clearly God's prescription for the broken. No matter how great the offense or the abuse that you have endured in your life, somewhere on your path to healing and wholeness has to lie forgiveness. So many times as Christian people, we walk around only a fraction of who God has called us and intended us to be because there are issues of forgiveness in our life. There's various issues of forgiveness in our life, and there's four points that I'd like to hit this morning. The very first one is uh, the most important type of forgiveness, and that is uh, the forgiveness from God to us. Without the justification of Christ Jesus, we would all be damned to hell. And, and 
the Lord wants to forgive us, right? If God didn't want to forgive us, heaven would be empty. The Lord sent his son, Christ Jesus, to die upon the cross so that you and I could be forgiven for every sin that we've ever committed. There's no limits. There's nothing that would stop that. In John 19.30, as Jesus hung on the cross, he exclaimed, It is finished. That means the work of the cross is complete. No matter what you've done, no matter who you hurt, no matter what kind of person you have been, God has forgiven you. He has made a way through his son, Christ Jesus. Although you do have to acknowledge Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you do have to repent of your sins to obtain this forgiveness, but it's there for you, and it's a free gift for you. Many times as human beings, we struggle with this, especially when we've had a a colorful, a colorful past, you know, when we haven't been um, on the straight and narrow all the time, we have a hard time with this because we've wronged people, we've done people dirty, we've done things that we're ashamed of. There's so many things that bog us down. And we also have the enemy, the father of lies that reminds us of our past continually. So we struggle with God's forgiveness of ourselves. I don't know about you, but I know that there are times in my life where in the grand scheme of things, I know that God has forgiven me, but the enemy will point out little things in my life that I have done as kind of a weaponry against me of why I can't do this, why I'll never be this, and why I'll never do that. And, and it's my job to get in this word and remember that Christ Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished that that blood he shed for me has paid the price. It's paid the price for you and I. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to waller in self-pity. I don't need to grovel. I don't need to live a life full of regret. I don't need to look back at all these things that I wish I could have changed. It just is what it is. Dust my knees off, get up and move on. And I think one of the reasons why it's hard for us to do that is because I'm a human being, we're human beings, and we are carnal, and and the way our thought process is, you know, we remember everything that everybody does to us. And so we almost think that God's the same way that we are. He's not. He created us. He created these little pea brains that can't even comprehend his grace, love, and mercy. I think that we don't even really have the slightest idea of how much God loves us. I don't think that I know I don't really comprehend God's grace in my life. If I really comprehended God's grace in my life, I believe that I would walk in such a higher level of kingdom living. I believe that every day I want to strive there, and that's why it's important for us to get in his word and to digest his word, to read it, to feed upon it, to spend time with him so that we can know more of him and his character and of Christ Jesus and the grace that his presence in our life brings. But we, we're limited in our knowledge, and that's why we have this word, because we need to dig in, dig in, dig in. In Ephesians 1, 7, it says that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So there it is right there. Through his blood, we are forgiven. How much are we forgiven? Psalms 103, 12 says, as far as from the east is from the west, so far he has removed, excuse me, our transgressions from us. That makes me think of that song, just how far is the east from the west, one scarred hand to the other. 
with my analytical mind, you know, I'm like, how far is the east is from the west? There is no measure. It's immeasurable. It's infinite. It just keeps going and going and going and going. And that's God's forgiveness for us. It's infinite, immeasurable. It just keeps going and going and going. The second area of forgiveness is forgiving ourselves. A lot of times we have a hard time doing that. Okay, so the Lord forgives me, but can I forgive myself? If God forgives you, you have to forgive you. You have to forgive yourself. It's really hard to forgive ourselves, especially when we've created a disaster in our life, right? Especially when we've hurt our innocent children, when we've hurt family members, when we've hurt all these people. It's so hard to forgive ourselves, especially when we have acted in ways that are contrary to our spiritual beliefs, especially when we've behaved in ways that we're not proud of. We don't want to forgive ourselves, but that is a trap of the enemy to keep you wallowing in self-pity that you cannot forgive yourself. If the Lord has forgiven you, you have to find a way within yourself to forgive yourself. Even if you're on your knees every day and you pray, Lord, help me. Help me to forgive myself. Help me to see you the way you see me when you look at me. Give me a glimpse of who you have designed me to be. Help me to be more like you. Help me to operate in ways that I love myself the way that you love me. God loves us so much that if each individual one of us was the last person on earth, he would have sent his son for us. It's important that we love ourselves. We are his creation. He designed us in his own image. We are lovable. We're all different. We're all unique. We all have our own set of issues, but the Lord loves you just the way you are. He, when he looks at you, he sees the end result, Tracy. He sees who he knows he's called you to be. Not all those things that tell you that you can't. He sees who you can, who who you are, who he knitted you together in your mother's womb to be. We don't see that, but it's our job to seek him and ask him, Lord, reveal to me who you have designed me to be, who you want me to be. That way I can love myself the way you love me. It's important that when we ask for forgiveness, that we move forward, that we ask the Lord to teach us to move forward. In the story of when, of Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot's wife looked back, right? And she was turned into a pillar of salt. That signifies to me that when the Lord calls forth that change and you change and you walk forth out of what God's delivered you from, you can't look back. Looking back brings destruction. You have to look forward. You have to look forward to the new, to what the Lord has for you. Not what was yesterday, but what is tomorrow. We should be ever changing and growing in Christ Jesus, looking forward to the new, looking forward to all his promises for us and accepting and loving ourselves just as we are. God does not make mistakes. I am not a mistake. They're a part of my personality that maybe he's not always pleased with, but you know, all I have to do is go before him. And I have found myself doing this because I can be a little tightly wound sometimes. And I'm like, Lord, Help me to magnify the areas of my personality that are pleasing to you and die out to those areas that are not pleasing to you. Because there's parts of our personalities that were kind of put in there, you know, by hurts, hangups, habits along the way um, that we need to learn that we can't just say, oh, that's just me. That's just me. 
We always want to walk around and say, oh, that's just me. That's just part of who I am. You like me. You like me. You like all of me. That's not always so. You know, it's not. We need to be learning and growing. And part of accepting ourselves is knowing that I do have these issues. Loving yourself and forgiving yourself is not an excuse for you to act like an idiot to other people. I don't know if I could say idiot, but I did. Sorry. But it's not an excuse for you to act like that. Forgiveness, unending forgiveness is not a ticket to sin, not a ticket to ride, not a ticket to be an idiot, not a ticket to any of those things. You have to be conscious because I'm going to tell you what. If you always walk around and say, I'm forgiven. That's just me. It begins to change the condition of your heart. Your heart is not pure before the Lord. If your heart's really pure before the Lord, you don't want to offend other people. You don't want to continue to sin against Jesus Christ who hung upon a cross for your sins. You don't want to do that. You want to be pleasing to him. If your heart is pure and right before the Lord and you embrace that forgiveness that he has for you and the forgiveness that you have for yourself, you're going to work not to do those things again, right? You're not going to just keep doing it over and over and over. Romans 3.23 tells us that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short. Brother Roy, my sins might look a little different than yours, but I am no better than you and I am no worse than you. It's the same all across this congregation. All our sins, all our iniquities, all of our shortcomings, all of our hurts, hangups, and habits, they probably all look different because we're all individuals. But there's not one person in here that's better than anybody else. There's not one person in here that God favors over the other either. God does not have favorites. He loves everyone. The same and equal. The same. The Lord loves everyone. The third point is forgiveness from us to others. And I had to bring that up when I said he loves everyone the same because in the last six months, uh, I experienced a situation in my life where I was really, really, really deeply hurt. And there's only a few people that know uh, the exact details of it, but um, it involved people, you know, that you let in that you let in to that inner place, you know. Um, and it was one of those things that feels like somebody just drop kicked you right in the chest. That you never thought it would ever happen to you. And it brings you to your knees. And you're like, why, Lord? What happened? Where'd I go wrong? You know, all these questions. You don't really eat. You can't really sleep. You know, it was that period of time and it was just... My feelings were so raw. The emotions were so intense. And, and I physically felt what was going on within me. And uh, spent a lot of time with the Lord. And, and he reminded me, your feelings are not fact, Shannon. They're not. And, right in, and, and in that moment, you know, I was so wound up in, in the hurt and the betrayal and all that stuff. It was really hard for me to see clearly. And I knew that. So I had to be very, very careful. I knew that much not to act out of my feelings. And one morning I was going to work. I was driving on the river road to West Sacramento. And uh, one of the responsible parties lives in, in West Sacramento right by my work. And I'm driving, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I could just go over there, and I could tear them up. 
I can pull them out of their house. I'll just mop them up real quick, just jack them up real quick and real good. And I would be justified. Like in my mind, I'm like anybody who knew what really happened would say they had it coming. And it was like, I entertained that thought for a second too long because then it was like this freight train. All that hurt, all that pain, all that stuff just started to rise up. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go over there. I haven't fought in years, but I'm sure. And I, said, and I said this before. I'm sure I'd still be real good at it because I was really angry and I was upset. And don't you know that this threatened the very livelihood of my family? Like just everything within me was like, I can just whoop the fire out of both because there was two of them. And I was like, I, could, I know I could take both of them at the same time. Okay. And I could just keep going. And then it was like the Holy Spirit, just that little, really, really. And he reminded me of everywhere that I had come from. He reminded me of that journey to where I am right now. He reminded me that one of these individuals is a family member and that she has watched me over the years, day in and day out, that she has watched me sacrifice. She has watched me, watched me, watched me, and he reminded me, they are watching how you respond to this situation, Shannon. They are watching you. And all I could do was clench that steering wheel and cry out, Lord, help me. Help me to turn right and not left. Help me to turn right. And as soon as I surrendered and asked the Lord to help me, a peace came over me and the Holy Spirit spoke to the depth of my soul and said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And I was like, I just breathed. I just breathed. I just exhaled. And I was like, well, how are you going to get them, Lord? How are you going to get them? These are some ways that I think you should get them. (laughs) And I, you know, I was like in it. What are we going to do? You know, I might not get to beat them up, but can I see? You know, it was like one of those things that I wanted to see. And the Holy Spirit really began to minister to me. And and one of the hardest things when he began to minister to me was, um, I don't get to marvel in their misfortune. And he began to minister to me to the point to where he began to show me periods in my life where I was doing exactly what they did. And that I am not some high and mighty such and much. And that although I feel like I'm his favorite sometimes, that he loves them just as much as he loves me. And that I don't get to pray anything on them. I don't get to do any of those things that I have to pray for. For them, that I have to be conscious that every time in my mind that I want to slay them down and I want to get on that internet and post all this little stuff and I want to do all those things because I didn't do that. I didn't let on an inkling of all that stuff because I knew that everything that I put out there would come back to me, that everything that I put out there needed to be in love, that I needed to love because love covers a multitude of sins, that when it comes to other people that we have to love them beyond just when they're lovable that what we put out is what we're going to get back and that if I want my heart to be pure before the Lord that I have to love even when you hurt me even when you do me wrong even when you slap me and spit in my face that I have to love you 
And it's so easy for me to stand up here and say those things to you, but sometimes it can only be done on your knees. Don't trust your feelings. It's not about what you feel. It's not about what you see on the outside. It's about what the word says. Let's go to 1 Peter 3 and 9 because I'm going to really, I want to really tell you what the word says about what we should do and how we should act to other people. Because a lot of times, even in church, to our brothers and sisters in church, when somebody acts a little sideways, we think we're justified in being up sister so-and-so. You know how she is. You know, all that stuff. And we can't be that way. I'm going to tell you right here this morning, if there's any one person in this congregation that you feel that you're not willing to lock arms with and move forward, then you might have a forgiveness issue in your heart towards that person. And I want to challenge you to look at that. I want you... I want to challenge you to go all the way back and look at why don't you want to lock arms with that individual and move forward here? Because there's a lot of times we have stuff hidden in here that we think because we avoid that person or we don't look at it or we don't go there, we don't really associate that it's not there. I'm going to tell you a little story about that. My son is going to be 20 years old and I raised my son majority majority of the time by myself his dad didn't pay me child support till he's about 13 years old and i'm not saying this to toot my horn there's a there's a thing behind this because i wasn't the best mother i think it was pretty good but not the best but his dad only paid me child support of 148 dollars from the time he was 13 till the time he was 18 years old and was in and out of his life in and out of his life and and my son is my son he was not the easiest child to say the least he He's always known what he's wanted and, you know, really pursued that. So it was graduation day and my son graduated high school and, you know, he hadn't fathered any children. He had never been to jail. He had never done any of those things. And I was a proud mama because if you knew his story, you knew that that was a miracle for my son. And that day when he graduated high school, I was ready to run out on that field. And all of a sudden I look out there and it was dad, his dad and his whole family was just surrounded him. Not any room for me and my family and all this stuff. And I was so angry. What is he doing out there dominating all the pictures and the time and all that kind of stuff? Where was he? Where was he when the school was calling, when he was hiding his homework in the bushes? You know, all those things. Where was he? I was so angry and livid that I didn't even see that I had buried this resentment towards his father for all these years. It took my husband in the car later. He looked at me. He goes, what do you want from him? You would have been mad at if, if he wouldn't have. You'd have been mad if he wouldn't have shown up. You would have been mad if he wouldn't have made a big deal. What do you want? And I was like, you're right. What do I want? What I want is to be free from those kind of feelings. And in order to be free from those kind of feelings, I had to acknowledge that there was a resentment there towards that man because of that time and, and the hardship that I had raising our son alone. And when I begin to pray for that man and that resentment, I begin to see his relationship with my son flourish. I begin to see him become that father to my son that my son really needed. And believe it or not, even though my son's going to be 20, it's super important important right now because he's in this impressionable age. So I'm grateful that it was illuminated to me, but it took all those years of me thinking that I was okay and stuffing that and for it to come up and me kind of show myself in front of everybody that there was an issue there. And that happens with us a lot of times. We avoid people. We just, we act like 
we're okay with them because we avoid them, but there's still really issues there. And I want to challenge you that when you feel yourself purposely avoiding somebody to look at why, what do you got against them? That's unforgiveness. So 1 Peter 3, 9 um, says, do not repay evil from evil. Do not retaliate when people say unkind things about you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. This is what God wants you to do, and he will bless you for it. So that's clear as day as it is. A lot of times we feel we're justified when people do things to us. I'm just going to cut them off. I'm not even going to be their friend anymore. God didn't call me to be a doormat. I'm not going to hang out with her. You know how she is. She has emotional issues. That one right there, she's controlling. All that kind of stuff. You are repaying evil for evil. It is evil and slanderous for you to talk about somebody when they're not around you. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care what they did in your face. And I don't care what they did behind your back. Once you open your mouth and you start talking about someone, whether they did you a wrong, you are right there with them. And you are repaying evil for evil. And you're going contrary to what the word of God tells you to do. Period end of it and if we want to move from being a small church to a big church we have to really really embrace what forgiveness means that unending forgiveness from the east is to the west that's how we have to forgive our brothers and sisters in christ jesus we have to continuously over and over if we want to walk in this body of believers in unity we have to Be willing to offer up forgiveness even when somebody doesn't even think they need it. Tracy, if I've wronged you, I am sorry. But what about if I wrong you and I continue to wrong you? And I don't care. You still got to forgive me, sister. That's really the way it is. You do. The word says that we have to continue. That's not a green light for people to still act like idiots. But if you repay evil with a blessing... Also know that it's not magic. It ain't going to change somebody else's behavior. It's not. It just takes, it keeps your side of the street clean. That's really what it's about. If we all worry about keeping our side of the street clean, we'll have a whole lot of cleaner streets around here. If we just always worry about our side of the street, keeping it clean, keeping it clean, things would be a lot better. Luke 6, 27 this is the other one that I really like because this is, this is pretty uh, rough too. Pretty rough to swallow. At least for me, I, I'm kind of ornery. <laughs> I try not to be anymore, but I am. So this is like good stuff for me when I read it. I'm like, I don't get to whip the fire out of people. I have to just be nice to them. I have to be careful what I say about them in my mind because how many of you know it all starts in your mind? It all starts in your mind. When somebody harms you and you start entertaining negative thoughts about them in your mind, that's where you're starting to go wrong. So Luke 6, 27. But if you are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for the happiness of those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. It doesn't mean turn the other cheek and walk away. What it's really saying, if somebody slaps you on this cheek, you turn this one so they can slap you on this one too. That's really what it's saying. Not that, you know, we want people to go around slapping each other, but that's that's the extent of the grace and the mercy that God wants us to extend to other people. We have no right in, um, there's a word I'm looking for, 
that, that self-righteousness. We don't, have any, we don't have any right for that. Christ paid the ultimate price for you and I. None of us are better than anyone else. I don't know how many times I could say that. I don't care if you are the victim in the situation. It does not put you on top of that person who's offending against you. We have all committed offense against other people. We are never better than anybody else. We are always on an even playing field with them. But this goes on. This is where it gets kind of heavy for me. It says, if somebody demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give, give, give. What this is telling me is that we have to continually give to others, that we have to prefer other people over ourselves. We are so selfish. We as a people are selfish. We are so selfish. We're selfish with our love, our affection, our friendship, our time, our possessions, our forgiveness. God has called us to forgive, 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 to be the embodiment of Christ. Christ's forgiveness for us is unending. I don't care how many times you walk away from the Lord. He will always take you back. We need to be the same way with our brothers and sisters in here, that we need to have that unending forgiveness to them. Jesus continued on the path to the cross even when he was dying for those very people that were sending him there. Those people that plucked his beard out that were beating him, he continued to carry that cross knowing that he was dying for those individuals that were doing that to him. That's the ultimate love. That's the ultimate sacrifice. And we as Christians are called to embody Christ Jesus here, that we walk in his love. So the last forgiveness issue that I have, and I say this very carefully, is it's our forgiveness issue with God. Now listen, God doesn't need our forgiveness. God does not do no wrong. God cannot err. God is not sin. God cannot sin. God is perfect. He is almighty. He never, ever, ever, ever makes mistakes. But many times people have misplaced resentments towards the Lord, thinking, you can do anything, Lord. You could have changed this situation. You could have done this. You could have done that. And I want you to know that that is your issue that you need to get over because God does not make a mistake. I don't care what happened to you. He is the infallible, almighty, all-seeing, all-knowing creator of heaven and earth. The issue is man's issue. We were given free will. That's the issue. It's not that God could have changed this. God could have changed that. Yes, he can, but he did not create you and I to be robots. He gave us free will. When this situation happened, trust and believe. I found myself, Lord, I know you could have stopped it. How come you didn't stop it? And he reminds me, I never told you to be in relationships with these people. When, the, when you think, Lord, you could have changed this, you could have changed that, we need to think, did we seek the Lord before ever even entering into these situations? When things go wrong, did we seek the Lord ever before doing this or doing that? We have free will. And there are times where we are victims of situations. There are times of abuse growing up in your life. And what I want to tell you is that people have free will. 
It's not God's will for people to endure some of the things that we endure on this earth. But what I can tell you is that when you do endure hurts in your life that you feel like that you can't recover from, you can. Because the word says that God can work all things to the good of those who love him and that are called according to a purpose. If you find yourself in a situation in your life where you've struggled from abuse in your life and you feel like you can't forgive that person, I want to challenge you to seek the Lord with all of your heart because you are still empowering that person today because there is healing, there is wholeness within the Lord. He does not want his people to walk around broken. He doesn't want his people walk around with those stains on their heart of unforgiveness, being tied to those other people. God desires for us to be whole individuals with his love flowing freely through us, not muddied up with unforgiveness, regret, despair, envy, malice, all those things that come from unforgiveness. When you let unforgiveness sit too long in your heart, you start getting that root of bitterness. And that root of bitterness sometimes runs so deep, you don't even know it's in there. And the Lord does not want that for his people. If we are really going to go out and be all that God has called us to be, we have to be willing to be broken and spilled out before him, letting him examine every area of our heart, taking everything before him, knowing that he is the healer of all things, not only physical, but he's the healer of your spiritual, your emotional life, that he is your healer. He wants to heal every area of your life. And so this morning, I want to close with that. I want to close with the Lord's healing, his healing oil, how he wants to just reach into those areas of your life that you have never maybe allowed him into, or maybe those areas that you feel like you're afraid to let him into. The Lord really wants to come into areas of our lives that he knows once he gets in there and cleans those areas up, it's going to bring forth those parts of your personality. It's going to bring forth those gifts that you have hidden in there that you're going to go and you're going to be able to minister to other people. God didn't save us, heal us for us to just sit with it ourselves. He's done those things so that we can take that love and that healing and that message and that good news to other people. Jen, you guys want to come back up? That's why God does these things within us. It's to share. It's to share his love. When Christ Jesus came, all those amazing things he had, he shared. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to share our love, our forgiveness, our relationships, our time, our resources. He wants us to be a community together without all that stuff without all that stuff. So I'm hoping this morning, you know, if God was ministering to you on any area, any little things uh, that you feel that maybe you haven't given over to him, I just want to challenge you this morning to let him come into those areas of your life. 